I hate how you play cube so much. <laughs> <laughs> it bothers me so bad. Everybody's trying to do dumb shit. I'm just like, mm, you know what? Fair cards. That's not the spirit of cube and you goddamn. Listen, I cast the 11 mana Ulamog uh, off of forest and island. I might have had Nissa who shakes the world help a little bit, but that helps a little bit. And the Garrick that untaps two lands. So I might have done. It might might have been a little bit faster than I probably should have, but never lucky. Gonna, I never open up power. I'm gonna do a cube draft as we're doing this. Show you how real men do it. You don't know how to cube. This is how all you, I know how to do. This is how you build mono white, win games. I just don't know how to magic online. See, like, like I clicked it. <gasps> there it is. Vintage cube. Oh hell yeah. See, didn't work. Yeah, you have to you have to buy into thing. You're down here, bud. Oh. Yeah, again. Matt learns magic online. Part one, buying tickets. What is up, you soggy biscuits? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, a well-timed Armageddon, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the guy who's learning as he goes, Matt. Matt, what is going on, dude? I am doing some vintage cube. Yeah, this is the I can't believe this is the first time we've done this while actually recording, but I'm watching draft the vintage cube on screen share on Skype as we're recording. So this yeah, could either if go it, if really it sounds good, like I'm not paying really attention, good. it's because I'm not paying attention. Yeah. That's that makes a lot of sense. But we're on date we're in this is our second episode in quarantine. This is our second episode in quarantine. You have not left your house for a long ass time. I mean, but is that different than normal? <laughs> Fair. I guess it's not. Yeah, it's really hard to qualify this as quarantine when I'm just like still doing the same shit that I used to do. Yeah, literally nothing. Staying yeah. at home. Yeah, I get to. I literally am just sitting at my computer, sometimes watching magic stuff, sometimes playing magic stuff, sometimes jerking off, sometimes maybe a combination of all three. About to say all of those things at once. Yeah, just one hand on my mouse, have my two monitors, Magic the Gathering on the one side, and then some YouTube video of Magic on the other side, and then just like my phone propped up on Pornhub, like on my keyboard. What you know about multitasking? That's good multitasking. <laughs> and disgusting at once, all in the same vein. Listen, it's... You all right, Tyler, do what I have a question for you. Yes. Path or go less? Uh, Path, Path. exile. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. We'll, we'll go over your deck once you once you're done drafting it. I guess we could talk about the best thing that's happened to the coronavirus since uh, it started, which is the fact that we vintage got cube. Vintage Cube out of the blue, baby. I was so excited. I know this is my literal favorite way to play Magic. Oh my god! And we've talked about it only like a couple hundred times, but it just keep it just always sweet. It's never not sweet. Always, always sweet. <laughs> and I, we also like we. I heard whispers that it was going to come out, and I then did we get the, an announcement that it, they were definitely going to release it? My announcement was you saying, "Hey, Vintage Cube is up," and I said, "Oh, cool." Yeah, I th that makes sense to me. But I th I learned from one of our listeners, Dennis. He added me in the, or he added the Fetch and Shock account on the wizard site there, on the wizard's post that says, hey, uh, Vintage Cube's going to be out. And I like saw the notification on my phone. I'm like, oh, what could this possibly be? Looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, it's it time to party. Being up. Yeah, it's 100% time to get down. So it's like, sure, this whole quarantine thing is awful and we're all dealing with it, but we do get Vintage Cube. So it's not all bad. Definitely not all bad. In I mean, my vintage cube. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
I would be sitting inside doing nothing already. Take port here. No. Oh Don't my goodness, why would you not life. take port? I love port. We're gonna get so distracted. Fuck. Oh, 100% we're gonna get distracted. I forgot that you could see my screen. I'm like, how did he know that? <laughs> I'm reading your mind. I know what cards you're looking at. It's just a good mix-up, because usually the only time we have this is around the holidays. Yeah, it's the holiday cube, aka vintage cube. So it's nice to just get it out of the blue. And I right. honestly think that it was specifically for people being inside. They knew people were going to be home and playing it. Oh, that's exactly what it is. Like, they, it's Wizards throwing everybody a bone. Well, there's tons of companies out there who are like, I think like Hulu was giving away. Oh, okay. Matt just opens Black Lotus. That's cool. Um, <laughs> should probably see what else is in the pack. But yeah, Black no, Lotus is the way to go. No need to even look at the rest of the pack. It's all garbage. Um, in comparison, yes. <laughs> God damn it. I'm already better, so stressed. Better but, be lucky than good, baby. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, we... We're all sitting here doing nothing, and Wizards is like, okay, we're going to throw you a bone. And, like, there's so many other companies doing that. Hulu's doing it. Uh, like, they were giving away, like, free access to, like, whatever the Hulu Prime thing is. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, and I think that that's something that you're going to see a lot of other, like, streaming companies do. It's just, like, open the floodgates and just let people, like, live so they're not, like, driving themselves up a wall. Well, the majority of people aren't in the position where they can work from home. I yeah. am in one of those positions. Yeah, Granted, so you've been I'm actually, working. I've been busier now than I am normally, <laughs> which is wild to think about. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, I mean, I've been about the same amount of busy. Doing jackedly shit. Yeah, I told you, I've, I've been multitasking. Um, sure. You take Fracture Identity here. You think over... It's plow. one of the best cards in the game, yeah, for sure. Oh. oh, it gives you a token of it, right? Uh-huh, yep, yep, yep. Great. We're going to keep a tally. Actually, somebody else keep a tally. I think this is like the fourth or fifth time we've gotten distracted by the cube. <laughs> It'll be way more. Oh, it's probably going to be upwards. Of or, or, or more, who knows? But yeah, cubes. I, we're just getting lost on cube. No, this is the whole quarantine thing is forcing people to kind of enjoy magic in different ways because everything has been canceled. Like up until for up until like two weeks ago, there were GPs and stuff. Now, nothing until further notice. Yeah, actual nothing. Everything has been canceled, which yeah, so makes it's, sense. Yeah, it's, it's the best way to, to get limit exposure. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. It's, it's for social distancing, dude. But it's forcing people to uh, get more creative with how they're consuming magic, which I think is cool. Like before, 100%. you get you had to like like everybody had their all their weekly grind where after work they would go and like watch magic content or like play magic online and stuff. Now there's a ton of people online playing. Like on Arena and stuff, and on Magic Online. I think I said this before, but like, there are going to be new Magic players. Yeah, just, just because, because of this. this, they're not going to have shit else to do. So exactly. So I think Why Wizards not? should do like some sort of promotional stuff to get to make it easier to jump into things like Magic Arena for actual factual new new people. You mean like a little package that says, "Hey, if you download this and play, you get X stuff for free or whatever." Exactly. And it wouldn't be anything crazy, but it would be enough to get people off of the ground because that is the one thing about magic arena it is such a grind if you don't want to put actual factual human dollars into it yeah i guess that one too is like it's kind of like an rpg where you have to build up to stuff exactly and like even outside of like actually playing magic just interacting with magic uh giannata adasso the one who won the the listener who won the popper deck they posted um earlier this week because they're in italy so they are like full-on quarantined um they posted in that they had plans of getting together with their friends and doing a booster draft of uh, the mystery boosters. 
and now they just have the they are every single day they're posting a picture of the mystery booster box that they ordered just in different positions like alone in their house and it cracks me up i love it that's actually really funny yeah and i love when people are doing stuff like that like magic man sam he's like blogging every single day because he put himself on like like quarantine like not leaving his house and like jeremy from missouri mtg uh the the proxy guy like tweeted out something that said send me a cover of a song that like is from your childhood and then jeremy just sent a video of him singing like a like a my chemical romance song like so poorly that's fantastic (laughs) like no background music whatsoever he's just straight up acapella singing it like in the most awful way possible and I sat in my room and just howled at that for like 15 minutes straight. That's really funny. So good. Dude. I can dig it. Yeah. So magic Twitter, there's zero drama because there's nothing. There's no events that people can get salty about. Yeah. Nothing to go on. This is as pure as magic Twitter has ever been. You think? Yes. Maybe before magic Twitter existed, maybe it was more, more pure then. But now it's just like at a level where I'm finally happy with where magic Twitter is setting itself at. Yeah, no one's really bitching. No one's yelling at each other. Yeah, it's just like people are just sharing memes and like just uh, just having actual conversations because we we don't have we have so much time that you can only fill a day so much with arguing about people online. I've seen some really funny coronavirus memes and oh. like day seven quarantine, like people doing funny yeah, shit, doing absurd things. One of my favorites thus far has been. People playing tic-tac-toe with their turtles. Pets or yeah, shit like that. <laughs> and they lose and just give the turtle the finger. I saw that. I fucking died. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, that's just so legendary. So maybe there are good things coming. I wouldn't go that far. Eh, you take the good with the bad. Um, listen, I'm an optimist. Oh, yes. Oh, what did you open? I, I turned your screen off. Recall. Oh, never never punished. Yeah, well, Not Ancestral. Bad. This is a wild pack, dude. Wow. Ancestral, this Channel, Dugan. Consecrated Sphinx, Corsair Portal. Yeah, there's some good shit in this pack. I'm You're gonna go ahead and windmill slam that ancestral though. Yeah. Okay. Back to back to talking about magic. Yeah. Go ahead. We we're talking about to... magic Twitter. Speaking of magic Twitter, Matt, we had a good amount of response to our Twitter question of the week. What was that? Our Twitter question was, um, we wanted to hear about what other people's top dra- limited formats were. So we had, I mean, Dennis shot us one. His top five is a solid one. It's Eldritch Moon, Origins, Original Theros, Cons, and then Modern Masters 2015. Yeah, 2015 is so good. And I legitimately forgot how good Origins draft was until I drafted it, like, last week. Yeah, it's... That draft format's sweet. It's fucking bananas good. And then Kevin Flogg, he was also a big fan of Triple Cons. People are loving that, loved that set. Triple Cons, dude, I'm telling you, it was one of the most fun formats. And, like, when you say things, I just kind of shrug it off. It's just like, whatever. But when other people say things, I'm just like, okay, maybe I'll think about it. And he, like, he mentioned triple cons, and also like Dennis mentioned triple cons. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I guess I gotta have to go back and like look at this format. And the one thing that I saw that I forgot existed was secret plan. I loved that yeah. deck. Yeah, the morph. Hey, pause real quick. Land tax or mana leak? Uh, mana leak, hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sorry. Yeah, but that's the one that deals with the morphs. Yeah, it's the uh one blue, one green. Face down creatures get a plus O plus one. And then when you flip something up, you draw, draw a card. card. Yeah, that thing's so Oh, good. man. I love that deck. Yeah, because you could easily play four colors in that. No problem. Yeah. yeah, you could just like jam four colors and then just have a bunch of morph creatures. 
and then just like shoot them out there if you can't actually cast them and then just throw them under the bus. Or if you can, you can just surprise, get somebody. Yeah, that's a real thing. Just Yeah, man, I love that. And then uh, Dave Morris, he echoed my sentiment. He said conspiracy too was top of the top of the food chain for him, which I can 100% get down with. And when he said I never, that, I never drafted that one. Oh, it was it was like as good as conspiracy. Like they are both very, very. But when he said conspiracy two, that got me thinking we need a conspiracy three. Because how cool would that be to do a draft of like first pack is conspiracy one, second pack conspiracy two, third pack conspiracy. And then just same conspiracy rules. Just everybody just go beat the shit out of each other. But be able to do that draft. That would be so sick. Yeah, I could get behind that for sure. Do the like the conspiracy block. Yeah, it's like quote unquote block draft. Which is so cool. Oh, I love it. So, and like draft formats are so subjective too. Like a million people are just like cons. So good. And me over here, I'm just like, meh. I will I, I will draft I'll, some Theros before I draft cons. Honestly. Especially new Theros. That's dude. fucking Ooh. bananas to me. <laughs> I would do cons and cons and cons for days. Is that like one of the formats that you would never get sick of? Because that's how I am with. Oh yeah, I could do cons. Conspiracy. I could do it on repeat because it's never really ever the same. How many cons drafts do you think you'd have to do before you're ever in? A lot. I really? drafted the shit out of that format, yeah. I just missed the boat. You know what draft format I could do and never get sick of? There. No, dude, Vintage Cube. Vintage Cube, yeah. That's what we call a transition. Got there. <laughs> so Vintage Cube. Matt, looks like your deck is done, bud. Yeah, pretty close to it. And I get the land tax, too. Yeah, you're on your last couple picks. Um, I th- I think maybe a good little midpoint for this. Let's build your deck. Hold on, do I land tax or Lyra? Um, I don't really like land tax and cube. Oh, too late. I already took it. It might not make your deck. You're you have a lot of very powerful cards. So building this deck, I think, is going to be really fun. And for people out there who have Magic Online or, or have access or interest to doing this, that are kind of wary because it's Vintage Cube and it's kind of intimidating. Like building this deck, do anything you want, yeah, might help people kind of get a little bit closer to on board. We're helping. We're here to we're here to help the the public. So let's just go over some of the noteworthy cards in your deck. Uh, a little card called the Black Lotus. Um, you also have Ancestral Recall. You have Brainstorm. You have Preordain. I think have... Brainstorm's actually getting cut because I only have one fetch land. Oh, that does that does have an impact. Um, you do you have Path to Exile and Swords to Plowshare. You have balance. You have mana leak. You have how many Gideons? Two Gideons? Three Gideons? Yeah, fucking tribal Gideon. Gideon Jura, Gideon Blackblade, uh, and Gideon Ally of Zendikar. Uh, you have Jace the Mind Sculptor and Jace Blaren. You have Cryptic Command. You have Fraying Sanity. You have Sphinx's Revelation. You have Wrath of God and Day of Judgment and Terminus. I think Terminus is getting the cut. Yeah, I don't think you need both of them. Um, you also have time warp, which I don't, am not crazy about. I just have a lot of planeswalkers. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't, I don't really love land tax in this. Even to hit daddy's land drops. I think you might just naturally do that from all the drawing of the cards. Yeah, I got a lot of card draw. And balance is kind of weak. If you already have day of judgment and wrath of God and sword and path. creatures, bro. What are you trying to get there? Uh, artifacts, bud. Balance doesn't hit artifacts. Oh, that's right. It doesn't. Then why would you even keep it in the deck? Doesn't it Artifacts? Artifacts is the best part about Vintage Cube, dude. Because it's just another sweeper. Yeah. You're, I mean, you have a point. You already have so many removal spells. Yeah, God, probably, is... probably going to cut balance from the main board. Well, while you're figuring out your last few cuts, um, 
I guess we can, I could talk about my Vintage Cube experience so far. Vintage Cube has been out for uh, today. Actual factual today. Just today. Um, and we have it for another 12 or 13 days, which I would like a little bit longer, but beggars can't be choosers. But I had, <laughs> we were preparing for the podcast um, and we jumped on Skype and we're talking with each other. And you asked me what I was, what, how much magic I played. And I was like in the middle of a cube draft right then and there. Uh, and I shared my screen with you and I could, I don't know if anybody's ever heard an eye roll before, but I could hear your eyes roll. Yeah, it was dumb. Because of, <laughs> you just, my screen popped up on your screen and you're like, fuck, he's playing mono white. But dude, my deck is sweet. I haven't played the last game, but I, the first two games were like quick two O's. You were sitting there watching both of them. Both ended with a timely Armageddon. Yeah, turns out that's a callback to the name. Um, so I, I'm just playing Mono White, because of course I am. But I have some hitters. I have three swords. I have Sword of Body and Mind, Sword of Feast and Famine, Sword of Light and Shadow. I have Jitte. I have Skull Clamp. I have two Moxen. I have Stoneforge, Thalia, Mom, Sun Titan, Walking Ballista, Armageddon, Gideon, Hero Bladehold. Like, the list just goes on and on. This deck is wild. The only thing that I feel like yeah, I'm missing out of it is, like, some kind of removal. I have one Wins of Abandon. Yeah, Batterskull would have been good. I passed up on Batterskull because in the Batterskull pack, because I did actually see it, because um, there's a chance that you don't see it. Uh, but, yeah, in the Batterskull pack, it was Stoneforge Mystic and Batterskull, and I'm just like, gotta take the Stoneforge at that point. Just have to. You had all the swords. You had a bunch of shit. Yeah, the deck is wild. But I guess we could cover like best practices for cubing. Because I think that's the part where people have a hard time. Like the learning curve for cube is really weird because it's different than any other format. Like most formats, if you're just doing like normal booster draft, like let's say you meet up with your friends after the quarantine, when you meet up with your friends and you are ripping open like the Theros. Nine times out of ten, when you open up like a rare in that, if it's a good rare, you're just taking that over pretty much everything else. With cube, though, every card is good. There's so many powerful things. Yeah, in like any so given many. pack that you open, you could have like ten first pickable cards. Easily, yeah. And like probably fifteen of the cards in the pack, so that's all of them, are first picks in their respective sets that they were actually printed in but in this format no they are everything is so good yeah like i was waffling over jace and i forget what the other one was wheel of fortune right wheel of fortune yeah yeah um but i guess the first rule of thumb with cube is you want to prioritize your mana above pretty much everything else yeah it's a good way to yeah it's hard it. to not pick like a fetch land over like a like medium card or like a dual land over a medium card, you should always take the land if you are kind of waffling back and forth on a pick. If you're worried about your mana at all, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because also, if you have good mana in your deck, that can kind of dictate where you go in the draft. Whereas if you are just taking all of the good cards that you see, you could end up with a a pile of very good cards that don't do shit. Not have the ability to cast. Yep. Which is the last place you want. I couldn't agree with you more. And also, Cube is cool because it caters to pretty much every style of player, where some limited formats don't really do that. Like, I, Cons of Tarkir, since we've talked about it a bunch here already, um, like, it was hard to be a control deck in that format. No, it wasn't. Oh, see, I don't. I didn't think it was very easy to be a control deck in that format. You, It's like a four-color control deck, but you're controlling with, like, 
good creatures, if that makes sense. Yeah, but like as far as like a spell based control deck. Yeah, not really a thing. Or in um like Return to Ravnica, Triple Return to Ravnica, a control deck in that format was undoable because you were just getting kicked in the face. You were dead on turn three or four. Exactly. But in cube, like you could easily be the blue eye control deck like Matt is right now. Or if that's not your speed, you can do what I do and just jam white creatures and red creatures and green creatures into a deck and go to town. Yeah, so this is a pretty solid 40. Yeah, how did your deck end up? 17 lands. Seems right. Ancestral Vision, Black Lotus, Path to Exile, Swords of Plowshare, Ancestral, Preordain, Wall of Omens, Winds of Abandon, Mana Leak, Thing in the Ice, Vanishing Light, Frantic Search, Jace Bellerin, Day of Judgment, Gideon, Ally of Zendikar, Wrath of God, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Cryptic Command, Gideon Jura, Time Warp, Fractured Identity, Torrential Gear Hulk, Sphinx's Revelation. That's a very solid deck. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. Daddy's happy with that one. I would be happy with this too. Um, I'm like, that's the best part about Cube. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, 100%. You don't have to piss around. Yeah, and if you really want to, if you have an idea, piss around. you can force a deck too, which is kind of cool. Not often yeah. in a format can you force something and it be like good. But because all of the cards are such a high quality, you can force whatever you want in cube and somehow have a reasonable deck at the end of it. I've forced Storm um, and ended up with zero Storm cards. Yeah, that'll happen. Where I just make a ton of mana and burn them out, or I play big dumb idiots and just storm up and then, oh, here's an Ulamog. Have fun dealing with that. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird, cool backdoor ways to do that too. Like with all the rituals and stuff, you can just ritual into a... Uh, really early, like Aldrazi Titan. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, or you could do the weird backdoor, like get a bunch of mana and then just do, like you said, like the fireball thing. Or they have the Thousand Year Storm. Like you could just land a Thousand Year Storm, cast a couple spells, and then just play a lightning bolt, copy it five times, and then your opponent's dead. Yep, 100% a real thing you can do. So cool. Like where, when else could you do that? You cannot. Like There's Cube is the nothing. perfect format for the people who are like, who love playing limited and also like commander. Cause you get to do like some very commander E things, like yeah, just commander, big goofy spells. Commander esque. Like there's, there's some cards that I can only imagine being able to cast in commander and cube. That's it. Yeah. Like, is it signet? Is it signet? But even like the powerful cards, like skull clamp, you can really only cast that and have it effective in cube and commander. A little bit in vintage. Yeah, but you, you haven't, I haven't seen one of those in Vintage in a long, long time. Yeah, you're not wrong. Also, it's you get to do, like, Fractured Identity. Minute. Fractured Identity is one of the best cards in your deck, and I think in the cube in general. And the only other really place that that ever sees play is Commander. Yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. Which is so cool. I freaking love cube. Speaking of that, since we have just, like, infinite free time, there's a chance that I might just go ahead and just stream some cube. Yeah, yeah. I would be down with that. Yeah, Matt, would you be able to... Would you want to jump in? I would probably be able to, yeah. Just hop on and see what's up. Yeah, just because, I mean, everybody is free. Nobody has anything to do. Jumping on in Cuban? There ain't nothing wrong with that. Would you do that on Twitch? Yes, I would definitely do it on the Fetch and Shock Twitch, for those interested. I mean, and if you keep an eye on the Twitter, too, uh, I'll post like, Oh, in an hour, we're going live. And then when we're like 10 minutes out, I'll say in 10 minutes, we're going off. So I try to give people some kind of notice. Yeah, and I'm sure some some folks will be hopping on there. Well, Matt, speaking of cube and speaking of things that you want to pick up in cube. um, Oh, you're going to die. 
No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, wait, no, you have removal. I was like, what are you talking about? Got him. I literally have all the removal spells. So my opponent <laughs> just tinkered into a blade steel. Yeah, that's something that happens. No, Matt, we just got done talking about what like your, your first step in cube is. Um, do you remember what it was? I don't know. Priority number one was mana fixing, Matt. Yeah, this, this bozo is playing something. Bant, tinker. You know what are good first picks in cube if you're looking to mana fix. You did it. You found it. I, I knew led you, were you going there. I gave you a trail of breadcrumbs, bud, and you just got there. Yeah, so the new secret lair. Fetchlands. Well, this is like a brand new secret lair, too. This thing is wild. So for those of you who are not familiar, um, we had the, what is it, the 400, 450th secret lair come out? Uh, or at least be announced. 737. Yeah, I think you might be forgetting one or two, but it's somewhere around that. Yeah, we got our another secret lair, but this one's extra special. Matt, this one is only available in LGSs. Yeah, that was a, a turn they took. Yeah, and it is secret lair fetch land. So it is all of the Zendikar fetch land. So not the ones that came out in concert here, but the Zendikar ones. Uh, and they're all in one box. They are not foil, and you only get one of each. But if you need fetch lands, this is a place to get them. Except for I don't think it's actually going, which sucks. This is going to be something good for commander players who want one of them. Because if you want a play set of these, um, you're spending a good amount of money to piss around and get these. But even still, the worst part about it is, which I hate, is that they're only, from what I know, there's two big drawbacks. One, each LGS is only going to get 10 of these, which is going to make them incredibly hard to get. Yeah gonna make it very very hard yeah second of all i the price point of these we don't have an msrp for wizards anymore so the shop's going to be able to make its own price point they said that they are probably going to retail about as much as commander anthologies did that was like 130 dollars. yeah that's a lot of freaking money and commander anthologies was four deck this is five card well it is also one of the biggest things ever with fetch lands people love fetch lands they're so good yeah, but just imagine, like, if you, if this is how you want to try to get a playset of fetches, you're better off just going and buying the playsets. Probably. Um, they just don't have the super sweet new art. The art is really freaking good. Which is a, a big, big deal. And I'm, I mean, I'll have to fact check this, um, but, like, some, like, Seb McKinnon has an art. I think this might be Seb's first land. You think? Yeah, I, I genuinely do. Let me actually... Um, let me search it real quick. I'm, yeah, I'm willing to venture that this is his first land card, which is wild to think. But yeah, he's, he has not been, a, he's been a magic artist known for doing incredible art, but not one known for his lands. But yeah, the Misty Rainforest in this is done by Seb. That's actually pretty cool. Oh, he does have another land. He did do Silent Clearing, the Black White uh, Horizon land. Oh, the, I was trying to think what you were talking about. The one that pings you for something and then you gain, or you, so it's white, black, you pay a life, add white or black, and then for one, you tap it, sacrifice a draw card. Draw card, correct. Okay. I always forget what those are called. Oh, he also has done Unknown Shores from Original Theros. So this is only his like third land in Magic, and it's one of the best lands in the entire game. Like Misty Rainforce is arguably what the second best fetch land. No, probably Polluted Delta and then Scalding Tarn. So third best, I guess. Yeah, I would say Scalding Tarn. You think Polluted Delta is above Tarn? Oh, yeah. Huh. I do. Black is... It's a 
blue fetch. That's yeah, the big thing. The blue fetches are the best. It, it honestly doesn't matter. They're blue fetches. They're all the same. Yeah, blue fetch does the thing that the blue fetch does, which yep. is get blue sources. And turns out people like casting blue spells. Who would have thunk? I mean, those people are wrong because those spells are clearly not white spells. Blue spells are the best spells. I hate to break it to you, bud. Except for white spells. I don't think you get it. You don't understand the power of white cards, Matthew. Matt, you're playing white cards in your cube draft right now. Yeah, but I'm also playing blue cards. But you win with the white cards. <laughs> no, I guess I did technically just win with a white card. I would say you just won a game I with a white card. I identified a Gideon Jura that was at 10, 10 loyalty, which you get, also... You do get to keep the loyalty, don't you? Uh, no, it just exiles it, and then I get a copy of oh, it. Oh, it exiles it. Was... You don't take the thing, you yeah, exile it would come and then in get a copy. With, yeah, it would come in with whatever... I mean, still ain't bad. No, it ain't bad. Not bad at all. White spells, Matt. Obviously white spells. I did just win that game handily. I don't know what the fuck to do. Ooh. Shrine of Burning Rage. That one's a good one. That's a good one. This is either going to be somewhat entertaining or just completely bad. Like, this could be our worst episode or one of a, de a decent episode. I'm waiting to hear back. Um, It's probably going to be pretty bad because I'm spacey because I love playing cube. But you it's okay. such a fuck. You're so selfish, Matt. I've been, I haven't been super spacey. If anything, I've insulted you much less. Yeah, that's super uncharacteristic of you. I'm a nicer person since the quarantine. Since the quarantine, it's changed us so much. It has. <laughs> oh, that was stupid. Really... I should play Hollowed Fountain last turn. Punt. You moron. Punt. That's all right. Everybody I'm leaving. Jump on Twitter. He's playing around Man League, bro. And insult Matt. Tinker. Come on, bro. Do it. Don't you love the world where your opponent plays Shrine of Burning Rage and then tinkers it away? Oko. <laughs> You're our boy. Our favorite chiseled friend. I now see why he's playing uh, green. That makes sense. Yeah, Oko's a pretty powerful magic card. Actually, you, Matt, you know what green is a good segue to? Our top five. No, our spice no. of the week. What? Mm-hmm. You got a green card in there, huh? Oh, buddy. It's more than just one green card. So since the uh, the coronavirus has everybody in their houses, um, I've decided that I was going to start cooking and getting a little spicy. So I'm going to bring the spice of the week this week. Chef Tyler is in the kitchen. And I actually have a legacy deck because now that we no longer have Breach in the, in the format, that is letting people brew. Yeah, which always happens when something gets banned. It's just like, okay. And to be 100% fair, this deck is not of my own creation. There's no way I would have ever thought of this deck because it's not my style whatsoever. But the second that I saw it, I was just jaw to the ground like this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It is so good. And this seems like something you would be absolutely ecstatic about. Um, waiting, boy. Matt, this is mono green. I believe they're calling it Titanic Dryad. Jesus Christ. It is a legacy deck that is built around Dryad of Illus Grove, or Illizen Grove, Field the, of the Dead, okay. and Valakit. This is a legacy deck. I guess uh, the Dryad doesn't die to, um, what's it called? Lightning Bolt? Lightning Bolt, yeah. It doesn't die to Lightning Bolt. This deck is... is sweet. So I'm going to go through the creatures for you real quick. It has one Dryad Arbor. It has one Scavenging Use. It has four Dryad of Elizen Grove. It has three Ramanap Excavators, two Tireless Trackers, and four Primeval Titans. Jesus Christ. So pretty, just a souped up uh, modern primetime. Yeah. 
and but and also let me reiterate this is a legacy deck none of those cards are are, are not legal and modern but we are going to get to those cards for example it has four green sun zenus in the deck which for obvious reasons you're making a ton of mana and it just like goes and gets whatever you need it is playing one life from the loam and four once upon a time it is also doing like the traditional like prison strategy with decks like this too so it is playing four chalice of the void and four mox diamond and the rest of the main deck is finished off with two sylvan lab the other 26 cards are all land that's a lot of lands it also it is it's just a souped up version of primetime in modern yeah and so i mean it's a lot of it is fetch lands and it's playing like some snow-covered forest um it's playing a bayou stuff like that um it's playing two ancient tombs Three Cavern of Skulls, Cavern of Souls, two Field of the Dead. It's playing a Mazabeth and a Caracas, playing two Valakits, four Wastelands, and everything else is actual mana producing lands or fetch land. So the whole entire point of this deck is like resolving a prime time or just doing natural land drop things and just abusing either Field of the Dead or Valakit to kill your opponent. I am so on board with this deck. Yeah, you weren't wrong when I said that. I would like that. Doesn't it seems right up your alley. And the best part about this deck is how streamlined the sideboard is. Like the sideboard is a thing of beauty. It is one Bajuka Bog, three Abu- Abrupt Decay, two Collector Uff, one Crozen Grip, four Leyline of the Void, four Mindbreak. That's it. That's pretty straightforward. I guess the, the biggest weakness is like Dredge. And I get by and like that is where variants. like the Leyline of the Void comes in and then Mindbreak Trap. So you just like jam four mainboard issues. Or for uh, sideboard solutions to, like, those matchups. I still don't know if that makes them great. I mean, you are playing Scavenging Use in the main, so you do have the ability to kind of fight back against Storm by eating their graveyard. So it makes them not be able to go off with Pass and Flames. I think that's the biggest draw. Like, you're just going to lose to those linear, linear decks because grinding, Jesus Christ, this deck can grind. Or at least it seems like it can. Oh, for sure it can. Um, And this... This the list that I'm looking at right now. Uh, it is the list by Pro Midnight's. Uh, that's his Magic Online username. Um, he won the Legacy Challenge on March 15th with this deck. Like, actually took it down with this pile of cards. Well, that will happen in a format like Legacy. People were so slow to change that this homie just uh, just found this was probably jamming it. Uh, but then like could not beat all of the the the. Uh, breach decks that were in the format and then breach got banned and he just rubbed his hands together and said time to get it get down to business and just went to it yeah just time to get in i love it oh dude this deck is so good it works so you're not gonna hear me bitching about it and it's got a ton of like different fetch lands in it to benefit from the field of the dead i think that's probably the spiciest one that and using all the the banned cards like uh once upon a time in green sun. Yeah. And like well, Sylvan yeah, library just... is just value city and being able to fetch like a ton with Sylvan library, like ramming up excavators actually seems like one of the like sneaky best cards in this. Cause you're going to have but, uh... the ability to like wasteland your opponent into oblivion or just even getting back fetch lands and just going through, just g- having uh, the time of your life. So what's it do? It just wins with Valakit. How does that work with wasteland being so popular in the format? Um, I think that is where the, like I said, ramming up excavator being like one of the heroes of this deck, that seems like it's so good because it like insulates you from wasteland. 
while also making your wastelands really, really powerful. Cause that's the issue with wasteland decks like versus each other. It's like, you're both kind of in a holding pattern. Ram and Activator by itself breaks that stance. That makes sense. Yeah. And then Dryad just giving you the ability to just have all of the different kinds of lands. Like you're just having your cake and eating it too. Um, four you're, trials not really, of, you're not really worried about your mana base. You're always going to have all the colors you need. need and, yeah. And it's and a mono a green deck point. with all of these different colored sources in it. And it just like doesn't matter. And it's playing once upon a time to get value off the free spell. Um, the four Chalice of the Void probably go a long way in the tough matchups. Like in the like Miracles matchup, it shuts off all of their ways. So you can just like kill them quick without having to worry about them like cantripping through and finding answers. Uh, if you can just land a turn one Chalice on one against Storm, like this deck can just run away with it. I feel like this deck has a lot of play to it, which is so cool. Well, that's why that deck in Modern was getting dangerous. Because of the play that it has. Because of the play that it has. It just has so many freaking options that now, you, it has so this, many angles of attack that are hard to interact with. Now, how much worse did that deck get, though, with the banning of Once Upon a Time? I don't think that much worse. Definitely worse. But at least a not, little bit worse, yeah. Yeah, not that much worse, though. But, like, this deck gets to jam four of them because it's Legacy. And four Green Sun. Like, it just having your cake and eating it, too, is what this deck is all about. And I am not a huge, like, green deck person. Like, I hate Elves with a passion, mostly because it's the predator to death and taxes. But this is finally a mono green deck that I can actually see myself getting behind. Yeah, it does seem very fun. It is a very spicy boy, too. I am just hoping I never play against this deck. I think there's a 0% chance I win these games, any games against this. Yeah, I don't think you're ever beating that deck. No, they're dryad. A million bazillion if they years. Ever get a dryad? You just lose on the spot. Yeah, it does not feel good for me. I knew you'd be. I knew you'd be interested in that. Are you proud of me for bringing the spice this week? I am. You said you had one, and I have. I had one too. So I'll just save mine. I'll keep it in the queue. Ooh, next week. That's a spoiler for next week. Yeah, I guess I. I guess I will let you back in the kitchen next week. I just had to. I had to show that I also have the chops in the kitchen and can go online and find weird and interesting decks in green decks too. And you were able to do it. Matt, how do you feel about green cards? I like green cards. Would you happen to have maybe like a top five favorite green cards of all time? Probably. Huh. I think I might also have a maybe a list of five green cards that are my favorite of all time. I could probably find five. See, it's funny because I already found <laughs> Maybe that might be some foreshadowing into our top five. of. Yeah, so this week, to celebrate a little bit of St. Patty's Day, we're going to go over the top five green cards, our top five favorite green cards of all time. Now, this list was kind of hard for me because I'm not a massive fan of like competitively strong green cards. I do like green cards in uncompetitive formats. One of my favorite hey. archetypes in cube. Hey, hold on one second. Oh, How click I... on Swords of Plowshares. Click on it. Click on the target or hit OK. Hit OK. Now hit click wow. on that and then yep. And then click on Gideon. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just an idiot. Yeah, no, you're good. Because I was I was like, it, it hasn't selected it yet, but I forgot that uh, you can't choose Sphinx's Red because it's an X spell. And then I can block this dum-dum. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good game. How do I block? Um, You are already in... You did that in a wrong order. Oh, so I'm dumb. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you took three, but it's fine. You're still going to run away with this game, I think. I don't think so. He has an active Oko. Yeah, but also you have Fractured Identity. Oh, yeah, I can take his Oko, right? Yes. God, I love that card. Yeah, I told you Fracture Identity is insane. Yeah, it's real, real good. You're not wrong. So, Matt, do you have any honorable mentions for top five green cards of all time? I do, actually. 
I think I have some as well, but I will let you get your honorable mentions out. So my honorable mentions are uh, two. One we just talked about, uh, the Green Titan. Prime Evil Titan. Prime Time Titan, yes. He is also one of my honorable mentions. I am not fond of that card, but it is a cool card that I appreciate. I can get behind that. I know, but you actually like that card, so I can understand why that's one of your honorable mentions. I'm actually kind of surprised it's not in your top five. Um, it's not my top five. It bonkers. Pretty stacked. Any other yeah. big honorable mentions for you? Um, Veil of Summer. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's just so fucking powerful. It is so nuts. That card's... And then Green Sun Zenith, which was also in that deck, ironically. Green Sun Zenith, also in my honorable mentions. I like that. Um, I think I have a couple other honorable mentions. Um, one of them is Life from the Loam. I really like Life from the Loam. I love that card. Have always loved that. Big fan. Um, another one is Tarmogoyf. Tarmogoyf's in there, yeah. Yeah, I don't like casting Tarmogoyf, so it's hard to put it in, but it's been such an important part of one of my favorite formats for such a long time that I can't not at least mention it. And then my next one is just like big idiot creatures, like Avenger of Zendikar, uh, Terastodon, Woodfall Primus, cards like that that are just super fun. Like Avenger of Zendikar is such a cool card to cast in Commander. It's like hard for me not to put it in every green deck because it's such a great card. Yeah, that one is really good. I, Avengers I forgot about that one, to be honest it's hard, with you. Yeah, it's hard to not play that in a green deck because it just ends the game. Um, it's like one of those things where it feels like the green uh, Cyclonic Rift. Yeah, it's just something that yes. it's real bad. So good. Well, who, who who wants to go first for their top, for their number five pick? Um, I can go number five. All right, let's hear what yours is. Glimpse of Nature. Ooh, Glimpse is a good one. That should have been one of my honorable mentions for sure. Good one. Yeah, that it's super powerful. It's banned in modern. Yeah, so um, Glimpse, for those of you who don't know, who don't play Legacy, um, it is a green card that says when you cast a creature, draw a card. And so Elves really enjoys that because it turns out they're casting a ton of creatures and they want to draw more creatures to cast. So they just do that. Yeah, that's a really good number five. My number five is actually Sylvan Library. Ooh, I didn't even think about that one. Ooh, buddy, come on now. Sylvan Library. It's the most, it's the bluest green card there is. It is the bluest green card there is. Which is one of the reasons why I like it so much. Um, again, a staple card in Legacy. Um, it's a two-mana enchantment that in your upkeep, you can, you look at the top three cards of your library, or in your draw step, you look at the top three cards of your library, and you can pay for life to draw the card, or you have to put two of them back on top of your library. So that card has a lot of play to it. And I can't even tell you how many times in Legacy in paper that my opponent has had like a Sylvan library and then they cast a brainstorm in their draw step and then immediately both hands go up and we're just like, Judge, come watch this. Yeah, figure this out for us. Because <laughs> that is such a wild interaction where if the, the brainstorm resolves before the trigger resolves, that they draw the cards and then they look at the cards and they have to put back cards that were drawn with library it's like such a wild, like that is probably one of the more complicated tournament magic scenarios of all time. It's up there. It's real tough. It's up there. Yes. It, the, Sylvan was created during a time that shouldn't I mean, have been just, created. Yeah. If you read the original wording of the card, it's just like, oh, this makes no damn sense. None whatsoever. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Sorry, I just got upheavaled. God damn it. <laughs> oh, upheaval's such a beat. <laughs> Oof. 
That's real rough. Sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Magic spawn. Oh, boy. Oh, so mad. Oh, I guess I can, I'll do my number five. Do your number four. Or I do my number four. I'm sorry. My number four is Oracle of Moldiah. <laughs> I would never have picked that card. Oh, I love Oracle, dude. In cube, in commander, in all of the things that you can cast Oracle, I love it. Oracle is just one of those cards that when you see it hit the battlefield, if you're not casting it, you're like, that needs to die right now. And if you cast it, you're like, if I get to literally go to my opponent's turn with this, the game is over. And especially in things like my Crufix deck, Oracle's in there. If I have Oracle and Crufix on the battlefield at the same time, there's a good chance that at my next upkeep, I'm winning the game. Because yeah, I'm going to have a hundred really, man. Really, really big in Commander. Yo, big time. I would go so far to say how I said that, uh, like Avenger of Zendikar was kind of like the the cyclonic rift of uh, of of green in Commander. I think Oracle is probably the the actual green cyclonic rift in Commander. That card is just so powerful and so easy to abuse. I love me some Oracle. Well, it's just one of those things that hey, kill this instantly. Yeah, or else at your at your untap step, I'm untapping all of my permanents, and then like that's permanents too. So it's like it frees you up to attack while also untapping all of your lands. Anything that just produces that much mana advantage is busted out of control. Oh, absolutely it is. All right, dude, what's your number four? My numero quattro is Eureka. Oh, that's a good one. That is like very old school mad of you to say. the oldest of schools. This is a Legends card that basically... Starting with you, you show and tell, and it goes around until no one goes anymore. But you can continually go. So the idea was kind of like show and tell is now uh, big, big dumb idiots for four mana, and you can play multiple. Yeah, um, I think Eureka is a trap in cube because everybody has big things. But in formats where you get to cater your deck around that, it's just like oh, I'm just gonna play eight different permanence and you're just going to kill your opponent well yeah it's literally one of the best things you can do in old school there's a, a deck built around it because yeah, build around school, just being able to play big idiots like lord of the pit and shiv and dragon are things that you can do and like yeah which is so sick yeah i almost forgot about eureka that's a good include for you for sure yeah so um that's my number four what's your number three my number three something very similar natural order Ooh, it's Tinker. like you're this was tinker like for green creatures. Yeah. Tinker for green creatures is exactly what it is. Yes, and sir. again, this is another elves card where I'm going to go ahead and sack my elvish mystic and go get a progenitus. Um, that's, that's an upgrade. That's a glow up. If I've ever heard of it. Yeah. That's the, uh, it's a big nasty. I love and it. It just will win games. Yeah. That's super good. That's a good, that's a good number three. I didn't even think about natural order just because I also hate elves. Except, you know what is a really good target for natural order? Land of World. No. Birds of Paradise. No. You're close, though. You're so close. I don't know. It, it's Crater Hoofbeat. Ooh, the hoof. Is that your number? Hoof Daddy is my number three. It's a good I number three. I am going to go ahead and say Crater Hoof Behemoth is the quintessential big green creature. I can't think, like, can you think off the top of your head a more iconic big green idiot? Progenitus. Yeah, Progenitus isn't green. Cost two green. There's two green in the mana cost. You're right. There's also two white and two black and two red. Um, there's some stuff like Terastodon and uh, what's the thing that persists and blows something up? Woodfall Primer. 
Woodfall Primus. Those are the two other ones that I can think of. Or Homeboy, the Avenger. The Avengers and the Avengers car, yeah. and the car, yeah. But I think Craterhoof Behemoth is just the the one that most people think of when they think of the biggest green creature they've ever seen. Like that card just That's comes down. It's generally a flurry of death. Yeah, that card comes down and you just don't get another turn after it. You just die. You just get eaten whole. Like it turns a whole field. It turns like five one ones that you had into le- lethal damage, and you're at twenty, and then you're at negative ten out of the Very out of the blue. Out of the blue. Yeah, it's just, oh, I was just, you know, casually enjoying this game of Magic, and now I'm getting huffed. Death. Like, how many cards do you know are, like, just have a term dedicated to them? Like, you just get huffed. And when somebody not say, many. When, yeah, and when somebody says they get huffed, you know exactly what they mean. Yeah. Like, that is just the sign of an iconic card, and I hate it so much that it's on my top five, but I love me some Crater Hope Behemoth. I love, like, bad beat stories about somebody just getting huffed to death. So good. Yeah, how do you not like a good hoof story you gotta love it all right matt did, did you do your three already yeah did you, my did. Three. you should you need to do your my two. number two my number two is probably the least surprising number two of all time it is collected company oh that's a good one yeah collected company because you know what you do with collected company you get some spirit that's what you the card is six mana worth of creatures for four mana yeah, it says look that at the top cards of your library. Whatever best two spirits are in them, just put them on the battlefield. Just go ahead. And I've never been a huge fan of the Bant Spirits deck, but when that deck is good, it is very freaking good. And that is the re- that card is legitimately the reason why. It's the only really green card in the deck, and it's just to go get more little aggressive creatures. And there's also an entire strategy built around it where you can like combo off with just a combination of two creatures. Like there's been times where somebody just goes and casts a collect a company gets the two things and then just wins the game yeah that is a thing yeah with uh devoted druid and vizier of remedies yeah make infinite mana and then if you can't win with infinite mana then don't play any decks with infinite mana that's that's fair it's fair point <laughs> yeah so i love collected company um it's always been uh, one of the only green cards that i've actually loved so shout out to that card matt do you have a number two wait hold on i already know what your top two are i I'm trying to guess which order they're going to be in. I am going to say that your number two is Birthing Pod. Ding, ding, ding. Nailed it. So, yeah, Birthing Pod. Anyone who knows me knows that I absolutely love that card. It's always been like one of the cards that you have just went to has been like, oh, this is just the best card ever. Yeah, it's one of my favorite cards. I love um, anyone who doesn't know what it does, it's three in a Pyrexian green mana for an artifact. Um, you can play pay one in a Pyrexian green to sacrifice a creature, you search your library for a creature that has one additional mana cost than the creature you sacrificed, and you put it into play. So if you sacrifice a one drop, you get a two drop. If you sacrifice a three drop, you get a four drop, so on and so forth. Um, just enables combos, creature combos. Left and right. Yeah. Um, it's banned in modern. Um, the last legacy event I played, I played Birthing Pod. Yeah, we I, we talked about that. We have an episode about yeah. that, don't we? Yes. Um I love it. It's it's probably if we were to do top five favorite cards outside of power and some of that stuff, um, that is one of mine for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I was back and forth between that being your number one and your number two. I got. I think I have your number one locked in too. I'm sure you do. Um, So, did you give your number two? Yes, my number two was Collect a Company. So you can do your number one. Yep. But can I announce it? 
Yeah, you can announce. So Matt's number one. The OG favorite green pod. card is the original birthing pod. It is Oath of Dream. Yes. I'm so I I know you like the back of my hand. Yeah, I I love. Um, it's still my favorite vintage deck ever. Um, that's the only. It's legal in that and Commander because it is stupidly powerful. So this is a card from Exodus. At the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent controls more creatures than you, you may reveal cards or put cards from the top of your library into your graveyard until you reveal a creature card. Put that creature onto the battlefield. And this triggers for both players. So if I have an Oath of Druids and I have two creatures out and you have one, you get to Oath. You can put that trigger on the stack. Yeah, now, that seems granted, super likely in the decks that it's in that that's going to happen, that your opponent gets to Oath before you do. Yeah, not not really ever. <laughs> um, this is very good in Vintage, and it just got a much, much better due to... Um, Some of the restrictions we've had recently. Oko. Oh, yeah, that too. Because Oko's a green card, and so is Oath of Druids. Yeah, and it gives them a creature. It shuts off their hate pieces, like Grafdigger's Cages. It uh-huh. just says, I don't give a fuck about your Grafdigger's Cage. It's now a 3-3 Elk. Yeah, that's super good. That's just an additional right. answer while also just being good. Yeah, it's Like just, giving your opponents creatures? Yeah, like That seems like something you'd want to do. The biggest part is removing their hate pieces, for sure. Yeah, but it, it really pulls double duty with that, doesn't it? Yeah, because for sure. Because it, it gives them a creature while also making their Grafdigger's Cage just non-existent? It's just not very... It's not the best deck. It hasn't been in a long time. Um... It's still one of my favorite decks. I have uh, foil oaths, which were a promo that are now like 50 or 60 bucks a pop. Yeah, but they're sweet. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Even me not liking foils think those are sweet. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Hell yeah. So that's my number one. That's a good one. I was trying to think of what your number one was. Probably something stupid like Birds of Paradise or Land of Worlds. No, my number one. I'll give you a hint. If you can guess this. Uh, you just win accumulated knowledge for this week just right off the gun. Mine is a nine mana card. Trastodon. It is not Trasty Nasty, bud. What's a nine mana green card? Force of Nature is eight. You were close with Force of Nature. That is a good one. No, this um, card is my favorite card to cast in the format of Commander. My number one favorite card. And that's like not even saying like my favorite green card to cast in Commander. This is my hundred percent actual factual favorite green favorite cards to cast and commander. No color restriction whatsoever. It is the great Aurora. Oh yeah. I, I should have known that. Love this card so much. So for those yeah, of you, you out there who are not familiar, are a fan of that one, the great Aurora, I will never not play this in a green deck ever. Like this is one of the reasons why I play green and commander. Cause I love this card so much. It is nine mana. So six and three green sorcery speed. And the card says each player shuffles all cards from their hand and all permanents they own into their library, then draw that many cards. After you do that, each player puts any number of land cards from their hand onto the battlefield. Then you exile Great Aurora. Yeah. Yeah, not that very fun. It's actually super fun. I would say this is the most fun card because it just takes like, there's been plenty of times where there's been board states in Commander where I am like comfortably in the lead. And then I have Great Aurora in my hand. And instead of just winning the game, I'm just like, nope, let's spin the dice. And then I screw yeah. myself. Let's That's get happened wild. so many times. But I just realized that all five of my green cards are combos, enablers. That's shocker. Real, real, real shocking. Yeah. Revolution or revelation in your life, Matthew, that you're a combo player. I'm glad we figured it out finally. 
All of mine are older too. Not all of them, but my, well, mine's from Magic Origins, so mine's my top one is like relatively new. In the last six years or whatever. Yeah, 2015. But yeah, so the Great Aurora is just so much fun in Commander, um, and it usually works out better in your favor if you're playing a green deck because you have a bunch of lands that you've been like tutoring into. So if you can do this on turn like six after you've like rampant growth and like Kadama's reached your way into the mana and you just do the thing. Or if your opponents are just like running away with the game, and you're just like, mm, how about you don't do that anymore? And then just wipe their board and leave them with decimated with nothing. Or my favorite thing is too, you can late get game, them some real big shit. Late game after I've already cast like Avenger of Zendikar or something, when I have like a million tokens, I've at a point in the game, Great Aurora for like 40 cards. Yeah. And have gotten a million different things, like almost cleared my library. And then I've also gotten one of the cards that gives me uh, no limited hands or no maximum hand size. So I just get to keep all the cards that I didn't get, like all the non-land cards. The Great Aurora puts lands in untapped. So I can just cast half of them. And then the other half are just in my hand, just waiting for my opponents to try to do something. Yeah, get wild with it. Yeah, I've... I fucked up many a commander games with the Great Aurora, and my favorite thing about it was that when I discovered that this card existed, I started playing it on Magic Online in the commander rooms on there. When I started playing the Great Aurora, it was bugged on Magic Arena, or not on Magic Arena, on Magic Online. So when you cast this card, it crashed the client. Of course it did. That yeah. doesn't surprise me at all. So that was an entire week of my life where I would jump into the commander games, just play them, eventually get to cast a great Aurora and then blow the game up and blow the client up. And then it just shut down. And then I jump back in and did it again. <laughs> Fair. Cause if I can't win games, you better bet that I'm going to try to fuck them up. Yeah. Just cause a whole bunch of shenanigans to go on. I love, love that card, Matt. This is our first, this is our first top five that had zero overlap. That doesn't surprise me. I figured you would go with some newer ones and, you would go I'm with some older ones. Obviously, going to go with some older ones. Yeah, I. I mean, we both have really good top fives. Green cards are actually sweet. As much as I like talking shit on green, there are some cool ones out there. There are definitely some cool ones. Hell yeah! So, Matt, before we jump into our game, I actually have a question to ask. What's up? This is something that I didn't have in my notes, but I just remembered, and it's something that I have been thinking about for a little bit, and we have never talked about. I know you're still feeling a little bit salty about the Mox Opal ban in Modern. Yeah. But let me suggest to you a solution. Don't play modern. No. How about in modern? What if we ban? What if we unban the artifact land? Hmm. <laughs> I like that. Just decisive. Hmm. I don't know if it would be busted. I feel I, like it probably would be. But like with what? Because Core Clan Ironworks is gone. Mox Opal is gone. What else is left? Like you can still only play one of them a, game, a turn. It, the really the only deck Ravager that Affinity. would play it would be Affinity. Ravager but that, Affinity. that deck doesn't exist right now. Do you think that would give it, I mean, you, that would give it legs, but I don't think it would be too good. Not yet. I think those are just aching to be broken. I think those are, those might be the safest card on the ban list on ban. Maybe now that Opal is gone. That was my thought. Like Opal's gone. KCI is gone. All of the things I, that really bust that card, those cards wide open. I still don't think it would be doable. Like, if, if there was a card that made sense in that deck that lets you play, like, multiple lands a turn, maybe it would be too good. But there's not a card that I can think of in my brain that makes sense to make those busted. Like, you're still limited to one per turn. Where in that deck, you're also, you're just playing multiple artifacts a turn anyway, but none of them can really produce mana. I, I think those are like, safe. 
I don't think they would be. I feel like something something would break them wide open. I just want I just wanted to feed that information to you and just have you sleep on that. I mean, my initial impression is no. Too good. Too good. I don't know why, but I have a feeling that they would be. And after thinking about it for a little bit, that was my initial first impression was no, 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 no. Too, 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 too good. And yeah. then I thought about it and I was like, huh, but really, would they be? Probably not. I think they would be. Like I, said, I don't know how or why yet, but I think they would be. Well, if there's anything that this podcast has told me over the, the months that we've been doing it, we know that Wizards is listening. So Wizards, so. just go ahead. Just think about it. Let it percolate. Maybe set them free. Give us some time to play with that. I think that would be a fun modern format. I don't think it would be. Dude. They're banned and fucking block constructed. Yeah, but that block constructed, you know, is a fucking pile, though. I could see something like that, like legitimate affinity that is way too fast. They literally turn into soul lane. How so? With affinity cards? Yeah, but like what affinity cards are worth playing in that deck? It doesn't matter if you get a bunch of free two twos and four fours. It turns out that's really good. Have you heard of Eye of Ugin? I don't think it's fair to try to compare those to Eye of Ugin. I think they're better. Oh no, I don't think that's true at all. Because I think the quality of creature that you're casting off of Iogan is so much higher. Yeah, but you can only ever have one Iogan. You can have 24 in your deck if you really want to. But you're also playing them in an aggressive deck. Like, the biggest thing you're casting is a vanilla 4-4. Until you fucking play a Tog and... Or... It's just... It's too many artifacts. It's just literally a free artifact that you're getting with your land drop. Yes, you do open yourself up to... Um, null rod effects like rest or not rest in peace, stony silence. Oof. Yeah, collector up is a beating. But like, if do you I think? Were to take a and guess, that's another thing. I think they're too too strong. The hate cards out there. Do you think the hate cards have finally caught up to that? Where they the hate cards are effective enough that it would be able to keep them in line. I don't know. I feel like there's something that we're not seeing that's just above the surface. That's a little big. Oh, yeah. This is why they're banned. Oh, there's just somebody out there who's just like waiting for the moment where they unban those and they're like you fucking idiots and they just ruin everything yeah i think it it's it's just too too much of a free thing that's fair i could I be just wrong. had to poke the bear yeah it could be wrong i don't know to be honest that's a big old question mark for me as well i'm not entirely sure but you are right with opal and kci those things for sure fucking not yeah those were the very obvious like these cards are too good yeah, KCI was just a deck that was like, what the fuck? Yeah, you just would never be able to do it. Yeah, but they might be. They might be fine. They might not be. Yonose. Well, maybe we'll see. Or maybe we won't. <laughs> I, I don't foresee them shutting it down. I don't foresee them being that let, letting that, that floodgate open. But those are, I mean, because we have all this time in quarantine, those nagging thoughts. They just percolate. They just, just gather in the skull and just rattle around in that old cranium of mine. Just makes you think. Makes you go, huh, maybe. Well, that's exactly, I was like, huh. And that was, yeah, that was your exact response. You were like, huh, I love it. Dude, now that I poke the bear, do you want to get to the real fun? You were just trying to throw me off, you son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, just get your mind going with that. This is actually, I'm in the long con right now. I just wanted to bring that up right before we jump into accumulated knowledge, just to get you thrown off the the trace. I know your game. (laughs) You got me. Well, dude, are you ready to play? I suppose so. Some accumulated knowledge? Bring it. Well, let me explain it first. So for those of you new to this deal, uh, accumulated knowledge is the game we play every single week. 
Um, in this game, we go into the Scryfall website, and one of us hits the random card generating button. Uh, a random card pops up, and one of us asks, asks the other the name of the Magic the Gathering card. The other one has to get the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if they don't, uh, they have to draft uh, mono red in cube for the rest of the time that it's on Magic Online. That's the worst. I mean, you'd get a lot of play points. Yeah. You should get underneath people. But at what cost? Uh, Fun. Fun is the cost. Fair. (laughs) But so, Matt, you get two hints, three hints, two hints, you get two hints. I'm losing my mind here, bud. And you have to get four out of five right. This first one that I have pulled up for you, a doozy. Ready. Your first one is. Oh, you're focused now? Mind focused. Your first one is C to the side, Don. No. (laughs) It is is Auroch Siege Sled. Auroch Siege. I'm thinking white or red. Everything in its path is either pushed aside or ground under. I don't know. I don't want to waste a hint on this. This is a toughie. I'm going to three and a red final answer. Matt, you are so wrong. It Oriok is, is the white red. Colorless. Oh. Yeah. It is an yeah, artifact creature, that. juggernaut, and for one colorless target artifact creature blocks Auroch Siege Sled this turn if able, and for another colorless target artifact creature can't block Auroch Siege Sled this turn. It is a 3-5. That is terrible. It is from Darksteel and has seen no other printings. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> that's real bad i would have not gotten that even with yeah, two that hints. one's a real tough one i think you might get this one though you've definitely played this card it is parhelion patrol hellion patrol yes sir oh this is from uh one of the newer sets is it yeah it's a two three is it it's not is it oh what color is it then pretty sure it's white so one white is your answer it's like no <laughs> no <laughs> cheeky fuck it's uh, it's like the Griffin style, like two, three flying. Pretty sure it's four mana. This one, I think, is three and a white. Matt, is that your final answer? I think so. Are you sure though? I'm I'm confident enough that I don't want to waste a hint. Sure. Okay. So you're so you're saying locking in that end. Yeah. Matt Parhelion Patrol is three and a white. I thought so. It's flying, and then it has I want to say vigilance and some other text. It is a. Two, three flyer. You're right. It does have vigilance and it also has mentor. This card is from guilds of Ravnica. I knew it's one of the newer ones. I've definitely played with this card. It is part of the Boros guild. Yeah. I've, I've actually played against you while you've cast. All right. You ready to go to three? Uh, I suppose so. Well, you should be ready because you're going to get this one in 0.3 seconds. It is lightning helix. Oh, that's white and a red. (laughs) Matt, actually it is red and a white. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is uh, red and a white for an instant speed spell. It deals three damage to any target and or to a yeah, to any target. And uh, you gain three life. Yeah, just an actual classic burn spell. Yeah, that's uh, that was a cakewalk. Matt, you your next one is warrior token. Zero. (laughs) No, your actual next one is charging griffin. I'm pretty sure that's also it's either two and a white or three and a white. Pretty sure it's four claws. Two wings, I'm one beat. Stick with what I know. It's three no and a fear. white. No fear. Three and a white. Ooh, you locking that in? I'm locking it in. No fear. Oh, it's a griffin. All it's, the griffins yeah, are four. It's definitely a it is. You're right. Charging griffin is three and a white for a two-two flyer, uh, and whenever it attacks, it gets a plus one plus one to the end. Like I said, four claws, two wings, one beak. No fear. That's no fear. great flavor text. No All fear, right. homeboy. 
Matt, that was this one is for all the marbles, and you also have both your hands done. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. This is a tough one. Oof. It is Northern Paladin. Oh, there's this is the uh, I know this one. This is the white one. Is it? Yeah, and it uh, destroys a black black creature. Ooh. This is old. This is like Alpha Beta. Do you have any idea what the text is? Or what the, not the text, the, uh, the mana cost is. Do I want to use a hint or do I want to be a fucking savage? Well, one of them is probably smart and the other one is not using any hint. What was the Charger Griffin? No fear? I'm well, it had one sure, beacon, no fear. I'm pretty sure that I, I know these. Because there was a white one and a black paladin. This could be the greatest mistake of your accumulated knowledge career. Bro, no fear. I'm going to go four mana and I... Pretty sure it's too white, white. <laughs> Matt, is that your final answer? Yes. Northern Paladin, its mana cost is two colorless and two white mana. That's what I thought. Yeah, because it, it destroys yeah. a, a black creature. Yeah, it, it and its text is, it's a 3-3. Three, three, uh, and for two white, you can tap it and destroy target black permanent. Permanent. Yeah. There's a, there's a black Paladin, too. I'm assuming that that is black, black, tap it, destroy target white permanent. No. Destroys a different color. Oh, really? Really, really. That's interesting. Wanna, what's uh? What are the allied colors? What's the allied colors with black? Uh, is that Grixis? Let me look at the back of a magic card real quick. Yeah, Grixis is the allied. So, so it destroys. Destroys a target green color, green creatures. Green, yeah. Or green permanent, I guess. Yeah, because it's not white. Because I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Huh. And then there's there's another white one. Um, I forget what set it's from. It's old. I only knew that one because it's old and building old school decks. That's fair. It is an old card. That is definitely for sure. It's from Alpha Beta uh, Unlimited. The one that I got specifically is a gold bordered one from Collector's Edition. It's the worst one. Yeah. And the Alpha ones are worth $65. Yeah, it's a rare, isn't it? It is a rare. That's a why. Because it's a rare. That was good back in the day. Yeah, sure. Good, good. It has definitely changed over the time, but... Back in the day, that would be considered a good card. Yeah, this was good against uh, uh, Jism Jin. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Get you good. That's your best creature in your deck, and now it's dead. I love that. Do I get anything for not using any hints? That was a ballsy move. Well, you know what I'll give you for that, Matt? I will give you the shout-out for the week. How's that sound? So, my shout-out um, is Stu Summers. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, Twitter at... S Summers, S O M E R S 55. Um, he often sells a lot of high end magic stuff. He does. So he's one of those guys who will just post stuff and uh, specifically like older stuff or higher end stuff, higher end foils. Yeah. Stuff like that. And but he always does this fun thing on Twitter where he changes his name. So currently he is Stu into Spring, and it's always a riff off of his name. I love that. Funny. Uh, so go check him out. Yeah, and he you can. Does. He does crazy deals sometimes too. Yeah, because he's they're trying to get rid of shit, and he's like, "Hey, buy this stuff." It's just like at buyless prices or lower than buyless prices. He's like, "I'm giving this away for free, pretty much." Yeah, exactly. You yeah, feel, shout you... outs too. Good guy. Yeah. So at s s o m e r s five five on Twitter. Beautiful. Good shout out, dude. Put the tiger in a corner. Corn tiger strikes. <laughs> All right, dude. Well. There's another one in the books. And again, I don't know if that one's going to be, if this is going to be the best episode or the worst episode, but. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait to see if people enjoy it or not. And then if, if they do, um, 
We might we we could we in the future could do an episode where you've mentioned it before and we almost did it this episode where we do like a little half episode where it's only like an hour or so or like 45 minutes. And then after we're done with the episode, we just jump in and we record a video and then we'll try to release them around the same time. Yeah. And you can go watch us play magic. Who knows? That might even be next week. (laughs) Yeah. Especially with not a whole lot going on. Yeah. Like there's very little going on in magic and we do have vintage cube right now. So we could just end up doing that. Um, Give us some feedback because that would be helpful in giving you guys what you want. Cause that's our entire goal. Also, yeah. I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, we're rapidly approaching like the one year mark. Yeah. Sneaking we're going to have to do it. something for that. Yeah. I'm done with that. Yeah. So we're going to start having, having to brew and throwing out some ideas and seeing what people are into for that. Um, I'm sure we can get Corey in on it. We have a bunch of people that we've mentioned a million times. It would be cool to get them in on it. Yeah. yeah. I'm done with that. We're going to have to figure something out. But if you're willing to give us feedback, please do. The best way to do it is at Twitter. Our Twitter is fetch underscore shock. And also, if you want to just yell at me personally, uh, you can yell at me on Twitter at basic land bin. And if you want to tell Matt that he sucks at cube, you can do that at it's Bop. I got got good. I got got. Oh, you know what? You can blame it on being distracted because you were trying to record a podcast while also doing it. Dope. I blame it on upheaval entirely. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Upheaval does does just get people. That's something. Yeah, that got me. How people will sneak up on you like a little snake. All right, dude. Well, I'm going to go and finish my cube draft. <laughs> yeah, not a bad call. I'll probably finish mine uh, tomorrow because I have, hey, I have work in the a.m. If you're not busy, stop by the uh, Fetch and Shock Twitch. We're going to be doing some cube drafting. Yeah. I'm I'm for sure down with that. Hell yeah. So, Matt, that means I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, sounds good, buddy. Well, until then, peace out, nerds! I was going to see how long you were doing without me doing it. Peace! <laughs> you won't.